Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of the Passenger Experience Series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives about the future of passenger travel including changing demographics, such as the U.S. population aging and becoming more multicultural, new technologies, labor and supply chain shortages, and what the future may have in store. Thank you for joining us in the hold room. Angela Barry Robertson, Vice President of Civil Rights Advisory Services and Compliance for WSP, talks about tackling accessibility and equity at airports concerning signage, language needs, walking distances to TNCs, and her experiences from a civil rights attorney's perspective. Welcome, Angela, and thank you for joining us today. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. My name is Angela Barry Robertson. I'm the Vice President of Civil Rights Advisory Services and Compliance for WSP. And as you can imagine, we do a lot with airports all over the nation and the world. My focus lately has been, of course, making sure the experience is an equitable experience in whether it be in services and accessibility. But a lot of my focus has been on contract equity and making sure that there's the involvement of diverse firms and local firms in some of the major development that is going on all over. I'm a recovering attorney by trade, civil rights attorney, actually. And so this is a passion of mine. I'm blessed to do something I I truly love to do. And over the time, I've been my entire career in transportation, both transit, highway and aviation. And so this is exciting to me. So the experience, I can tell you experience from all different types of ways and all different perspectives. So that's a little snapshot. Oh, I hail from Dallas, Texas. And yes, despite some of the headaches that we've had earlier, I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. But thanks for having me here today. Great. Uh, No shame about the Dallas Cowboys fandom. You got to support the local team. If you could start off by describing to us what a positive passenger experience means to you, that'd be great. A positive passenger experience means friendly faces, excellent customer service if there is anything that is needed, timely, quick to go through TSA, quick to get to my gate, relax, clean atmosphere, and then, of course, the airlines making sure that everything goes through because even though it's not quick with the airport, many of us think of that extensions from gate to plane is also part of that passenger experience. So a lot of what you just described in terms of moving through the passenger terminal is almost, I would classify as functional in a way. But given your background as a former civil rights attorney and you're focusing on equity issues, are there elements there that play into a positive passenger experience that you would think about as well that perhaps are overlooked by a lot of folks? I do believe so. I mean, right now, many of our airports are under construction or in a remodeling, reformat because the age of a lot of our airports, whether that's new builds or modification and upgrading. One of the things that I look for as a diversity professional 
and practitioner is like, who's working on our projects? Are the diverse teams that are out there? That experience goes from the concessionaires to not only as well, is there a variety of of services and a diversity of services that would address different populations. I travel a lot with my 82-year-old mother. And so making sure that when we go through with the wheelchair, that there is accessibilities when she wants to be stubborn and be that independent senior that she always is and wants to use the cane opposed to be being wheeled. Is it easy for her to go in in a bathroom, out of bathroom? How does that all work? From a diversity perspective, I do look at the fair accessibility, equal accessibility, and diverse markets. Actually, I did experience this the other day where there was a woman who did not speak much English, and she was about to exit the secured area where all she needed was a bathroom. Do we have enough signs in different languages so people understand that an exit is an exit opposed to a a bathroom. You touched upon some really good points of some of the other things that we wanted to talk to you about, which is, you know, the demographics of the U.S. are changing. We have an aging population. We have a continuously more diverse, more multilingual, multicultural population. And you touched upon some really good points. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper and see what are some of the challenges that you've seen? What are some of the ways that solutions that could be implemented to mitigate those challenges? And also, what have you seen that's really neat and really good that Mm. should be continued to be expanded? I've been blessed or cursed, I don't know, because I travel quite a bit, both domestically and internationally. And I've traveled with my college age daughters, my husband by myself on business, as well as with my 82 year old mother. And so we've been to several different places. And so I can tell you the experience is different having somebody who's there. We waited as long as almost 30 minutes to have somebody to take my mother through security area just to get a wheelchair. Should not happen. Then there's those waiting for you at the gate, taking you all the way to car rentals, people going over and beyond. So I've seen a lot of different ways. I think we just definitely need to address the language barriers that do happen, as well as the mobility language. Bathrooms, the ability to see what's open, what's not, that helps in the ease of of anybody who's dealt with the women's bathroom. Uh, Making sure that we can get through, instead of trying to open a door, knowing whether or not it's occupied or not. I've seen that in a number of facilities that have happened, and, and that has made a difference. Security. I told people, you can't travel me unless you have TSA pre-check. That really does make a world of difference. I know everybody's not blessed. Then that becomes an equity issue. If I can't afford to pay the amount in order to get that service, is that an equitable question that you can ask? Even with the parking facility, because, you know, again, the experience really starts not necessarily from the physical airport, but also from the parking experience. That is part of the experience of making it accessible for that Uber or Lyft. Being able to walk no longer than a few feet or at least some accessible through a train or a tram makes it a lot more easier than having to walk like a half a mile to even get to the Uber or Lyft. That is an experience that people really need to look at, especially in this day and age where you have so many Ubers and Lyfts. There's one airport. I have to walk literally a half a mile to get there. And think about with somebody with a wheelchair, how do you do that? 
So there are good things that are happening. Using some of the technologies and the innovations of letting us know where the bathrooms and the parking, which ones, if it's red light, green light, that helps. There are some that are really good as far as language, making sure that the signage is a good thing as well. That is important when airports are thinking about their experience, how are we making sure that there's accessibility and there is the same benefits for all? And then especially for those that work at the airport, what is their experience? Do they have comfortable parking? Do they have access to get to the terminals that is not burdensome? These are all the things that I also think about when running through airports. And I'm just like, oh, we just want to make sure that not only is it equitable for the customer experience, but part of that customer experience from an airport perspective are those that work at the airport as well. One of the complaints I've heard a lot of about if a toll road is going to be implemented, it's viewed as sometimes a regressive tax because it doesn't take into account the income of the folks who are using it. And TSA PreCheck seems like it could be something similar. It's it's not a cheap program necessarily, and it's the same flat amount not graduated for your income. And same with parking as well. I think the burden for TSA PreCheck is not as bad as necessarily the parking. $85 for five years. Parking is another story. I definitely think that there should be some discount for those that work at the airport. And I think a lot of airports do do this, but they need to think about it where those parking places are. I understand the customer experience. We want to be close from the customers. For those who work there, they want to be close too, or have accessible transportation services from those far lots to get there. And maybe that is the benefit of working there some of the really cool things that you touched upon are are trends that we see all over. So one of the things that we talked about in a more recent interview with Anita was about some thoughts on how to attract, you know, with this labor shortage everywhere, how to attract more people into the aviation environment. And so some of the things that you said, can there be a benefit of that the employees park close by rather than some of the passengers, how to make it really easy for them to to access that. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because I just think it's really neat to be able to have very similar ideas. And we're all trying to work on the same challenges that we're facing right now. So I guess in line with that, are there any newer emerging technologies that you're aware of? Or is there anything that you've seen that's really cool that you wish would spread? Or on the flip side, do you have any ideas of things that you think would really help out the system? for a passenger experience, for all the things that we talked about? I mean, you know, my biggest thing to, to help is signage all day, every day. I, you know, many signs may be, for those that are visually impaired, there might be signs in birth. But having more signs in multiple languages outside of the international terminal, that is definitely one to consider. Understanding and recognizing the distance between sometimes connecting gates for the mobility challenge that is something that you really take into account. And I understand we've got your loyalty cars for certain people and the accessibility of the wheelchairs. But I think if there is a better like mechanism, like if, some, if no one is there, is there a way that we can call? These passengers, more so than anybody else, they recognize that when it comes to the airport, sometimes it's the challenge of just being there. And so what can we do for those who are able-bodied to think outside that box on getting to where we need to get to. There was a program I did once, stepping in the shoes of those that are not you and that have challenges. So going through the airport with a blindfold to see what happens or 
not being able to communicate. Let's say I wasn't being able to communicate. How would that happen? And then what's the, the level of customer service? So there's a lot to do, but it's being moved. I know, especially with equity being a major element of the administration these days, I think that that is definitely a positive thing because you are having these conversations and you are thinking outside the box. It's not just about the revenue. It's also about that experience. So the revenue can come if the experience is there. And then, you know, trying to get a new set of workforce into aviation because of the civil rights of what I do. Workforce development is part of what I do, usually on projects more so than industries. Because I do have our recently graduated college kids, I think it is important to understand there's many different elements of the aviation industry besides flying a plane. You can start into or having people who work at the airport rotate into those customer service. Even if you are in accounting, you spend a week, you know what, and that week you do the customer service and start talking to people in high school about the aviation and all the different careers in aviation that are not just flying a plane, even though we need more pilots, hello, but it's also that customer service agent. And then with that, give them the ability to also, if I want to go to school, give me a benefit of that. If I want to move up into the airport world, show some kind of professional development, even in the the most entry-level positions, regardless of what they are. Absolutely. And I think it's coming back, honestly. I mean, there's one airport we work with here in Massachusetts that I think this is the second year now that they're doing something like that. They call it a career fair, where they Mm -hmm. invite all the local middle schools to be able to attend. And they have vendors of consultants. They have planes flying so you can see like static displays and environmentalists and airport concessionaires and rental cars and everything related to aviation to come and ask questions. They can touch things. They can talk to people. They get an idea for what degrees do you need? What kind of education do you need? Mechanics, mm-hmm. right? Pilots, what, right. what's kind of a range of income you can expect? Do you need to go to college? Do you get an associate's? Do you get trained? So it's just like a, a training program, not even a degree. And so I think we do need more of that. And I love to see those programs come about and get continued, how successful they really are a lot of the time. The exposure, right, for children to be able to go to something like this for aviation, and then to go to something like that for cars, and then to go to something else in the environmental fields and biology and all the different fields, because the more exposure you get, the more you understand about yourself, And the more likely you're going to find something you truly love and are passionate about and give so much. And you do need to start early. Sometimes even elementary, even if it's just setting a a relationship with some of the schools and it should be diverse schools, by the way. One time a year you're going to, you know, the airport and do this one time a year. You're going to the toll authority so you can see how cars run and the intricacies of that. Then there are advocacy groups. I'm a part of WTS. Women Transportation, as well as COMTO, Conference of Minority Transportation. And having those groups work with the youth to already start in the educational. We have all these conferences all over the place. Why not take the first part of the day? And I think some of the conferences are to have that industry day. Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining us in the Hold Room today. This has been a great conversation. And we're looking forward to what the future of airports holds from an equity standpoint. Absolutely. This is amazing. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for joining us in The Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the-hold-room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again.